Welcome to Indie Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits. Hello and welcome to the Indie Cider Podcast, episode number 60 for Wednesday, June 14th, 2017. I'm your host, Ken Gagne. On this week's episode... This sort of was the first game where we make something that is totally marketable and something that you can make money off without compromising a certain artistic vision. That was Clement Scott, creative director at Broken Rules, developer of Old Man's Journey, the subject of this week's game. But before we get to this week's game, I have some podcast administrivia to share with you. Next month, IndieCider turns three years old. When I launched IndieCider in July of 2014, I was excited to take you behind the scenes and show you how the latest and greatest indie games are made. I love the creativity and variety that's possible in the indie space, and I'm so appreciative of the developers who have taken the time to share with you and me the secrets of the trade. I set out those three years ago to evangelize indie games, and now it's time to rethink how I'm going to go about doing so. I love playing indie games on my YouTube channel, and I'll continue doing that, but I think the time has come to end the IndieCider podcast. Not immediately. I'm going to reach that three-year mark. I have a few more shows to come before July, but the end is in sight. There are a couple of different reasons for this. First is that IndieCider takes a lot of time to produce. Not only does a lot of research go into each episode to ensure that the developers and I are covering new ground, but there are audio and video editions that need to be produced. In the time that it takes me to produce a 30-minute episode of this show, I could do a three- or four-hour Let's Play across multiple chapters showing you much more of the games that you want to see. Another reason is that it's very rare for indie studios to have their own marketing or publicity teams, departments, or staff. There have been many developers that I have contacted for interviews, and they have written back and said, I would love to, but we are so busy making the game and supporting it, we don't have time to do publicity. Or sometimes they don't write back at all, unfortunately. And so it just isn't fair to expect these overworked, talented individuals to do double duty. And to be honest, after three years, I'm interested in trying something else. I've been spending the last several months building some new websites, which are not video game focused, but I'm very excited about launching them. And once they go live, they too will require some maintenance and support, just like indie games do. And the time for that has to come from somewhere. I've certainly enjoyed hosting IndieCider, and I so appreciate everybody who has listened to the show. I hope you'll transition over to my YouTube channel, GameBits, where I'll continue playing indie games. Or listen to my other podcast, Polygamer, found at polygamer.net, where I interview marginalized voices in the gaming industry and community. Or stay tuned to another podcast that a friend and I may be launching soon that won't be about video games, but will be of interest to all the nerds and geeks in the audience. In the meantime, I have shared so many wonderful stories on this podcast. I'd like to leave you with at least two more. The first one is 6890GYR74KV0C47. That is a Steam code for Owlboy which was featured way back in IndieCider episode number 53. That Steam code is first come, first serve, so congratulations to the first person to use it. Now, with that administrivia out of the way, let's get to this week's episode, which is the game Old Man's Journey from Broken Rules. Old Man's Journey was released on May 17, 2017 for Steam, that being Windows and Mac, for $7.99, and Android and iOS for $5.99. The developers provide me with a review code for the purpose of this podcast. Old Man's Journey is a beautiful, artistic game about love and loss and memory. You play as an elderly man living near the ocean who one day receives a letter. 
The game features no text, so you don't know what the letter says, but you know that the old man is now setting out on a journey, and it is your job to guide him to his destination. Each level is a scrolling panorama, either vertical or horizontal, with many layers to the foreground and background. It is 2D, but you can see various hills, vistas, streets, roads, and tracks off in the distance or in front of your character. Using the mouse or a touch interface, you can drag those horizons, those vistas, up and down to change the curvature of the landscape. Wherever they intersect with the foreground or background, the old man can then leap into the foreground and background at the point of those intersections, allowing him to progress around obstacles, up hills, and the like. The first few levels are not at all challenging as you learn this interface, but later on the game does become more puzzling. When you do reach the end of a level, there is a bench at which the old man sits and recollects his youth, his past. You see him meeting somebody and falling in love and building a life with that person, and you suspect that this somehow ties into the letter he has received and the journey he is now making. The game starts off very happy and wistful, but descends into melancholy as the main character regrets some of his decisions before finally reaching its conclusion. The entire game and story can be experienced in a mere 90 minutes. There are no side quests, no DLC. It's a fairly straightforward game, and yet one that I really enjoyed. You almost never see senior citizens as protagonists, and you rarely see a game that makes you reflect on your own life decisions and the choices that we make and the regrets that we have. And that's why I chose this game for this week's Indecider podcast. You can find the game at oldmansjourney.com and the developers on Twitter at twitter.com slash broken rules. There are links to all those in the show notes found at indecider.net slash oldmansjourney. And so, without any further ado, let us commence one of the last, but not the last, interviews of the Indecider podcast. Today I'm joined by Clement Scott, the creative director at Broken Rules, and of course creative director for Old Man's Journey. Hello, Clemens. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm I'm, I'm sitting outside. It's sunny in Vienna. It's I'm, I'm doing good. Oh, wonderful. I went to Vienna on spring break way back in 1999, got to see some operas, had a wonderful time. Wow. Yeah. 1999. That's... <laughs> that's that's a long time ago. <laughs> you know, I've probably had people on this podcast who weren't alive yet back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I would be surprised. So I've been playing Old Man's Journey. I know it's a short game, but I haven't quite finished it yet. I'm really enjoying it, and it seems like it's been pretty well received as well. Yes, uh, it, it has, at least for, for 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 what we are used to in terms of releasing games. Yeah, it just... just was it yesterday? No, two days ago, it actually uh, received the Apple Design Award, which we are super, super proud of, obviously. And um, um, so far, in general, like that, uh, the the coverage has been really good, and and the feedback has re- been really good, and uh, people seem to really enjoy it, which which is great. Oh, that's wonderful. I know your colleague in this endeavor, Felix, he, was he at WWDC recently? Is that where he received that award? Yes, exactly. He was there. He, he was there long enough to, to be able to receive the award. So yeah, unfortunately, it was. I, I would have liked to be there as well, but it just didn't, didn't work out in the end. He, he got to take it. He got to receive it. Well, I'm sure it won't be your last re- award. Maybe next time you can be the one receiving it. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> that would be wonderful. 
So speaking of conventions like WWDC, you were recently at GDC. You gave a talk about the kinds of games that Broken Rules is good at, the box of your skills and your talents. One of the things you said Broken Rules is good at is drawing from personal experiences to tell a story. Old Man's Journey, of course, is about an old man's journey. You don't seem, from your GDC video, to be an old man. <laughs> that, that is true. I'm not. Um, or at least not really. Sometimes I feel like one, but I'm not really. <laughs> no, it is, it is also um, always a difference between sort of where you draw your inspiration from and what you turn it into, like how you process it in a way. And it wasn't necessarily the idea that we feel like feel like old men, so we wanted to do a game about that. It was more sort of um, uh, the, the the topics that that the game talks about in a way that where that we drew from our sort of like personal experiences that we then put into the game and and and, and try to find a sort of like a framework or a setup that would allow us to talk about these these things in a way. And in our case, that was sort of like an, an old man looking back on his life and his life's choices and um, how that sort of like turned out. I took a look at the graph that you put in your GDC presentation about the various emotions, as you were talking about, that the journey encompasses, how it starts off with happiness, joyful, expectant, and bliss, and then descends into sadness, shock, disappointment, and anger. And as I'm playing the game, those emotions are really coming across. And you talk about the choices that people make and sometimes the regrets that they have. And this this game actually made me a little afraid to grow old because I'm worried about the mistakes I'm going to make that I won't be able to recover from. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't feel like it should... I don't want the game to, to have some sort of like moral uh, high ground that's tells you how to make your choices or or it tells you like um that you know don't make the wrong choices or you will regret it it's 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 basically i think all these things that happen in this in this very short game are which talks like in in roughly like 17 minutes of playtime or something or maybe 18 minutes about like a whole life of the things sort of that that could or can happen but in reality all these sort of like decisions don't don't happen in a day it's all sort of like a part of a process at least that is like my experience that is sort of like the one thing that um uh it's not as immediate as those things are in the game and also i think i, I would like the game to talk more about hope because there's always sort of like a chance for like making up and reconciliation which is also like a very big part of the game that it's never too late to kind of like reflect on your life and and, and make new choices that will that you know where there's sort of a uh, how would i say it sort of like there's 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 hope for for something positive there's potential for to turn it into something positive that is always there so um yeah i don't i don't I don't want people to be afraid <laughs> of, of their future choices. I mean, it's a very personal thing, too. It's sort of like, um, uh, I don't know, everybody makes mistakes, I guess. So it's just part of life. <laughs> and just as you can make new choices in this game, you can always reshape the hills to make new connections. Is that a metaphor you're trying to make between the gameplay and the narrative? Uh, I don't know. It It, it, it is. It, it kind of... Yeah, it would be nice, but not not really that much. I think in a way that you, you know, there's not really 
there's not really much choice you have as a player in the game, really. So it's it's very linear, and it's very there's there are no alternate endings. There are no choices that you actually can make in the game that would sort of like make a difference on the outcome. Usually, like in terms of puzzles, there's also mostly like one way to solve it, or maybe some sort of like minimal variation of how to solve certain puzzles. Um, that is just because it's so light on the on the uh, on, on the puzzle side, on the gameplay mechanics side. The, sort of the, the metaphor that I, all, I always like the most is that the game is almost like a, a short novel um, in, in a way that is sort of very story-focused and is, is segmented into these 15 levels that are sort of like almost like 15 chapters because each tells like a certain key moment. And if you take that analogy further than like every hill would be sort of like a single page of that book. So um, uh, I, I always kind of like that picture in a way, but um, there's no real uh, way to, to, to change the outcome or change the choices that the old man made. You're basically just there as a player to, to guide him to his goal, to experience the story, and then to, and then to sort of like, I don't know, maybe reflect yourself on, 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 on the story or on the decisions or on these, on these topics in a way. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I hope that somehow answers that question. <laughs> I think perhaps one of the reasons I'm so melancholy at this point in the game is because that's where I am in the game. I just passed through the, the storm level and okay. you know, that's yeah. not a very happy reflection in the old man's life. Right, right. Yeah. It's 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 a little bit difficult to talk about the game or the the ideas in the game without spoiling too much. I guess if you haven't finished it yet, <laughs> I don't want to spoil the story for you. Although many people say it's sort of um, very predictable on what is going to happen, but I I don't know. Other people have been taken completely by surprise, uh, so so it's 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 really hard to make a general. Um, assumption about that i guess sure but uh yeah it definitely has that it has that emotional curve that we had in the from the beginning on it was one of our our earliest um uh, uh methods of sort of uh, aligning the game to, to you know or or one of the first tools that we had where we said okay this is this is sort of like the emotional curve that we want to progress throughout the game and that the players also experience throughout the game and that maybe players even feel throughout the game if we and, and, and we wanted to align everything to that emotional curve but yeah that is also not like a new sort of we didn't invent that tool that is actually taken pretty much from from the design approach that um that game company used for i think flower as well as um journey and uh we always kind of like that approach a lot um uh, because it's also it's just a very helpful tool, and it worked really well for us. I think I think that is one of the parts that worked really well in designing the game. Yeah, I think if you're looking for inspiration for a wordless narrative with beautiful visuals, you can't do much better than Journey. That absolutely yes, <laughs> that, absolutely. It's even more so that uh, they managed to have a direct conversation without words uh, between two players playing human beings which in a way is even more in terms of design something 
that I really appreciate or I think that is has even so in in a way when you're talking about sort of like what I value as as a as a designer or what I value in games, uh, what the games kind of games that I want to make that is even like above what we did <laughs> in a way because for us it's just you know as a player just kind of like push the, the story forward right but in in journey it's like really the interaction with other players that makes it so special so among other things obviously would you say as a designer you see text as sort of a, a hindrance does it get in the way of storytelling in a visual sense well that that really depends on the type of game that you're making but um and also like the types you know what sort of like people expect from a game if you're going to make an rpg or or, or like some, something in a classic sense or or uh, 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 interactive fiction people are going to expect text right because there are certain people who like to do just that they like to read and play or play alongside reading stuff for me personally or for this for old man's journey it was also one of the constraints that we put up early on because we wanted to make a mobile game that is has a very low entry barrier that is that can be played and enjoyed by by you know all kinds of people that are not necessarily gamers or might have been playing computer games when you know they were younger or something like that and now don't have the time as much anymore to be able to play games so they know sort of the vocabulary but um don't have the time or the 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 patience to sort of like sit down and 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 read stuff so i think for this for this story it was it was just mandatory to do it without text and generally like one of the things when i talk to people develop casual games which old man's journey could be described as uh they're all like okay you know what people just don't read the text they don't want to read text you know they want to play a game and if they put like text in tutorials, people are likely going to just kind of like skip it or skim over the text at, at best <laughs> in a way. So this is definitely something that we wanted to to avoid, not because I think that that text per se is like a bad thing or is a, a not a valid way to enhance or even design games. Um, there are very very good text based games, but it it was just not what Open's Journey sort of was set out to be. One thing I did set out to do is to tell a story, which is one of the things that Broken Rules is good at, as well as have a distinctive art style. And those two things define, in my opinion, most of the games, or if not all, that you have made, such as And Yet It Moves, Radicon, Chasing Aurora. I'm curious, if those are the things that are common to your games, what is unique about Old Man's Journey that you haven't done before? What we haven't done before, well, first of all, it's it's really designed for mobile. We have never really been doing um a a mobile game it is on pc as well but the pc version as many people also criticized especially has been like technically has been uh uh sort of under engineered to the point where we didn't when we released it on pc we didn't even have a uh like a settings menu which was like heavily criticized and we uh already put that into the game and are going to Maybe it's already out. I'm not sure, but we're going to release it with, with uh, an update soon. Um, but that sort of like shows that you know the PC part always, in a way, was a bit of a side product because we were working with Unity and we just had the possibility, and it works with PC. But if you look at like the type of people that play PC games, like for most of them, the game was sort of like way too easy and way too little challenge in terms of puzzle and gameplay. 
still many people were able to enjoy it and i'm happy about that but first and foremost it was always a uh, a mobile game and that's what it was designed for it was designed for touch and it was designed for the casual and mobile audience that are also a lot you know sort of like outside of the game sphere in a way so that is definitely like a difference a big difference to to our previous titles because it's like all all three of them get it moves chasing aurora and and uh secrets of raticon were uh designed for controllers really i mean and yet it moves was initially designed for keyboard and later on when it was ported to the wii it, it had a controller so as soon as you have a, a, a controller as an interface, you already demand a certain amount of, of uh, dexterity, you know, finger dexterity, basically, and, and knowledge of, of, you know, you know, press the A button to chomp, press the A button to flap your wings, like these types of things that are very common and totally sort of like obvious to to a player, to a regular player of, of, of any types of digital games. But if you you know, give the controller to to somebody else who has never never played any games. They're gonna have a really hard time getting into it. So this type of of uh, sort of accessibility and, and and also you know in the in the type of difficulty curve that you have in the game itself uh, is already something that differentiates Oldman's journey on on a technical level. In terms of of uh, uh, you know, maybe more about the sort of like the content of the game. I think this is probably our most focused game. It's not necessarily like a, a, a proper kind of like a uniqueness in a way, but uh, many of the things that we did in Old Man's Journey were sort of, you know, are, are based on the constraints that we set us at the very beginning and there are a lot of design goals or constraints that we set before we even started working on the game while during its sort of like incubation phase uh that held up throughout the whole development process and are still like i i feel like in in many ways this this game is so spot on with the vision that we had when we started out uh developing it and thinking about the game um we have never been able to pull that off before. Like especially with with our previous two games, Chasing Aurora and Secrets of Raticon. The like one of the biggest problems that I see in that uh, they are not focused enough. And and one of the reasons for that is because we are essentially five team members working on it, and each like every one of us were designing the game, and um, that sort of like really um, hurt the vision, in my opinion, because the game tries to be. A lot of different things instead of focusing in on being good at one, being very good at one specific thing. So um, um, maybe that is a difference uh, between between Oldman's Journey and our previous games. So after all that work and all that collaboration, it was very important that this game be successful. And in your GDC talk, you mentioned that one of the benefits of having a distinctive art style for this game was that it would make editors want to decorate their storefronts, which would mean more features for you. Exactly. Does that mean that you actually took marketing into consideration during the design phase? Does marketing influence the design of the game? Yes and no. So um, maybe that is also one of the differences to our previous games, that this sort of was the first game where we, you know, the, the goal was sort of sort of to make something that is totally marketable and sellable and something that you can make money off 
without compromising a certain artistic vision, I guess, because our previous games were uh, driven a lot by ideals instead of like business thinking. Uh, but after right, we founded the company in 2009, so after after eight years of of making uh, games that are mostly based or probably like uh, heavier weighted towards um, uh, our ideals instead of like smart or at least some kind, you know, proper business thinking, <laughs> uh, we decided we wanted to do something that we actually were able to, to you know, sustain our families with or uh, or not not even the families, but at least our studio in a way, you know, because like after our previous projects, we, again, as I said, we, we were pretty much broke and we saw that uh, we just didn't make enough smart business decisions and also didn't lay out our game properly for for uh, our marketing enough. And that's definitely something that we did with this game. And um, it's, you know, I, I personally still see Broken Wolves sort of as an as an experiment that is, can I make the games that I want to make? Can I make a living of making games? Can I can I just make it? Games that I want to be and make money with them, <laughs> and and make you know I'm not planning on on getting rich because if you want to do that you should do something else. But you know, can I make enough money to st sustain a company and to sustain a family? So far, we have only really been able to do that because all of our partners are supporting us, and um, um, we have you know since since 2009 we made four games and eight children. So we all have family. Wow. And of, of course, at some point, you need to sort of start to, uh, you know, um, kind of kind of justify living your dream in a way. And that is having your own studio and making the games that you want to make um, if, if you're not like making any money off them. So, yes, as a short answer, that definitely was one of the one of the requirements of what we wanted to do. And we wanted to see if the if the, you know, sort of like the balance between art and and uh, you know money essentially can can be done in a way that that still feels good for us and I think I mean so far we, we were able to hopefully pull it off I guess <laughs> it has been doing doing decently well oh good so you have had this experiment it's been fairly successful it's also been a time of dramatic change for broken rules what is next either for you or for the company we don't really know that that is sort of the thing um the i i feel like the uh, if, if you want to call it the industry is, is is changing so fast and our situation is in a way so special because i don't know many many people or studios who have been doing this for this amount of time without while making this amount of money, I guess. Um, so uh, we usually plan only for the next project. Right now, we, so our thing was we we wanted to do Old Man's Journey as as kind of like this 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 last chance for the studio. It was sort of like this thing. Okay, if we can make this work, then we're gonna keep doing it and keep trying to make games. And if it doesn't work, then we're just gonna basically you know call it call quits and 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 you know do something else find a job that that pays money essentially we haven't really planned for for the for the case of what happens when we do not fail 
<laughs> that sounds that sounds rather dramatic. Um, no, I think what, what what will happen now is that first of all we're gonna we're gonna take a bit of vacation and try to recover from the past eighteen months of 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 working really hard on this, and then uh, we'll return and basically see what happens a little bit. Um, maybe collaborate with with a few people. Maybe maybe port the game to different platforms. Um, uh, you know, maybe you know, start something something new. But right now, we're not really thinking about, and we don't or thinking about yes, but we don't have any any specific plans of, of what is going to happen next. Well, I think the success of Old Man's Journey is a good problem to have, and I hope you can figure out something to do next. In the meantime, can you remind our listeners where to find the game online? You can, can find on various app stores. You can go to our website, www.oldmansjourney.com. You can find it on the, on the uh, iTunes store, obviously, um, and as well as on Google Play. Uh, it is out on Steam, too. Um, and yeah. That's that's my thing. It's it's on a few other things. It's also on itch.io, which I should actually um, um, mention here, because I really like itch.io, and so you can go buy it there. And it's also on the humble store as well. So lots of opportunities to get the game. Excellent. And if people want to follow you, are you on Twitter? Uh, so my Twitter handle is is uh, Rostiger, as as my so R O S T I G E R, um, but if you just want to follow on the stuff that the studio is is doing, uh, you can follow on Twitter at Broken Rules. Very good. There will be links to all those in the show notes found at indiesider.net. Clemens, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been Indiesider, a Game Bits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at indiesider.net.